This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, every Monday and Friday videocast live on Twitch. And as always, you can catch us on YouTube and download the podcast on iTunes, or you can stream it on the website as well. However you consume the media, thank you so much for joining us for episode 533 of The Reese Show. Just kidding. Uh, Frankie and the gang are in full blast hyper overdrive uh, FLG mat production. We have been going crazy. Some of them have been working 16 hours a day, but all of your orders are going out. Um, We had way more orders than we had anticipated, which is amazing. Thank you so much. But uh, it has been quite the hustle to get all those mats out. So if you did order a mat and you have been patiently waiting uh, as a part of the pre-order, we very much appreciate your business and your patience. And we finally did get all of our boxes out of customs. They went to like level three uh, security protocol. They got super scanned. They got driven to another city and scanned again. Uh, Hey, I guess we should be thankful that... uh, Professionals are trying to keep us safe from harm, but it is annoying when you're waiting on products. Uh, however, all of those are all shipping out. Most of you have probably already gotten your mat, but uh, if you were waiting, uh, this won't happen in the future, and we appreciate your patience and your business. But those are all going out as we speak, and the team is double-timing it, double timing it, trying to get everything ready. Also, if you're going to be at Warhammer Fest uh, at the end of the month, or actually pretty in a, about a week and a half here, You will be playing on some FLG mats. That's going to be a pretty exciting moment for us. And Frankie and I will be there too, playing some Age of Sigmar. So if you're there, please come by and say hello. Uh, We would love to see everybody and uh, have a chance to shake your hands, hang out with some of our uh, British and European friends. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Also, they will be using the BCP, the Best Coast Parents app as well, which is pretty incredible. So we're very excited for that as well. Can't wait to go play some games. You might also be seeing us on uh, Warhammer Live on Warhammer TV. Frankie and I may or may not be playing uh, Eddie and Rob in a 2v2, uh, no-holds-barred death match of Age of Sigmar. Or we might just be playing for fun as well. So lots to talk about today, guys. Of course, the story of the day, as it has been for several weeks, and as it will continue to be, is New Hammer. New Hammer, or the new edition of 40K or 8th edition, as a lot of people are calling it, is causing a lot of controversy, not not un- unexpected. Uh, lots going on, and people are having very interesting reactions to it. And it's really interesting, especially for people on our side of the fence now, uh, as, again, we've been so incredibly uh, fortunate to be a, a part of playtesting and giving feedback on the game that we love so much. But it's really interesting to see how people react to things that we've known about for a long time. We're kind of used to it. And people are reacting without all of the information that they need to make an informed opinion, but they're going off of all of the information that they have available to them. So it is somewhat understandable. But one of the things I was pretty uh, surprised about was how negatively some people have reacted to the announcement of Primaris Marines because people have been asking for true scale Space Marines forever, right? Like forever and ever, Space Marines have been way too small as a model compared to other models in the game. Like for example, a Katachan is just as big 
as a Space Marine in power armor, which is silly, right? A Space Marine is supposed to be seven feet tall without his armor on, with his armor on, he's supposed to be eight, nine feet tall. You know, and Katachans are, you know, all supposed to be like Arnold from The Predator or, or Rambo, basically. But uh, still, the, the size disparity has always been uh, a cause for uh, uh, concern or it's caused people to be, to, to take a step back and say, yeah, that's not exactly right. And now that Games Workshop is basically giving us true scale space brains, there's a lot of people out there who are having an absolute fit. But there's also a lot of people who are very excited about it. So I have found this reaction to be somewhat unexpected and really interesting. Um, for me, as a player who's been playing Space Marines since like the early 90s, late 80s, I can't remember exactly when, uh, I have literally hundreds of painted Space Marines. I have three different Space Marine armies, uh, four really, if you include my Chaos Space, five actually, if you include my two different Chaos Space Marine armies. And I do not feel like uh, I'm getting anything taken away from me. I don't feel like this is a bad thing. I'm actually really excited about it because while I haven't seen the Primaris Space Marines yet, I have a feeling that when you put them on the table, it's going to feel right. They're going to look cool. And looking at the pictures, they look amazing so far. So uh, I find it really interesting. I don't think anybody needs to worry about the army being invalidated. I know there's people uh, arguing about you know how many points they're going to cost, humorously arguing with some of us on the playtest team about how much, how many points they're going to cost, which is cognitive dissonance at its utmost. Um, I wouldn't worry about it, guys. These are going to complement what you have. They're not going to supplant what you have. Of course, I don't. I can't predict the future, but that would be my guess. Um, I think this is something that's going to be really cool, and I think aesthetically, when you put them on the table, it's going to feel right. Uh, people are going to look at it and go, oh, that's what a space marine is supposed to look like in comparison to everything else. And for Games Workshop, I, from my perspective, again, I don't know what their motivations are, but looking at it, I would say that this is them going, okay, we're, we're going to give the true scale marines that, that the game has always really wanted, but we're doing it in a way with a plot device that doesn't erase all the, the models that, that come before. They're not invalidating your collection. They're adding to it. And they had to introduce them into the game somehow. They had to have a, a plot uh, device or a method to introduce them into the setting without just saying all your old stuff is invalid, which would have, in my opinion, been a really bad move. So I think that considering what, what is occurring, this was the best way to do it. Uh, different people will, will disagree. Although I do find it very interesting when people call us essentially sellouts because we don't hate them. Um, I'm sorry if I disagree with anybody's opinion on the topic. I personally think they're really cool. And I, I plan on, I will probably start a new Space Marine Army, which I was gonna do anyway at some point in time, but using all, all the true scale Marines, you know? So I don't think it's anything to get really upset about. Again, I think they're gonna look really cool. In the example I, I often uh, use to illustrate where I'm coming from as in Age of Sigmar, where you have uh, like Stormcast Eternals and uh, Corn Bloodbound, the Blood Warriors, who are, they're on 40 mil bases, if I remember correctly. I mean, they're way bigger than normal, you know, human-sized models or elf-sized models. And you really notice, like, they look beefier and it looks appropriate. They look like a big two-wound uh, beefcake model as opposed to a single-wound, much smaller, uh, like, human or elf or dwarf-sized character. And it feels right. Like, it looks cool. Like, no one is upset about it. So if you're a Space Marine player, I wouldn't be... Uh, overly upset about this. I think you're going to find yourself really liking the way that the new models look, just as the Space Marine models that we have now, they do look cooler on the 32 millimeter bases. I, 
I agree. I'm not going to rebase my original Space Marine Army. I don't care if it looks better. It'd just be too much of a pain in the butt. They're just glued onto those bases too much. So, uh, and you're not going to be required to. I don't think there's ever going to come a point in time when that's going to be a necessity or there's ever going to come a point in time when you have to have all Primaris Marines. I don't think that's going to happen. Just as you could go use your old Rogue Trader Space Marines, which are tiny, and you could use those models today. They haven't been invalidated. I'm sure you're going to be able to use your Space Marine models in the future. So I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, and I would also make the assumption that um, Primaris Marines, with whatever rules they're going to get, are going to be appropriately costed. Uh, and they're not going to be you know, the same points cost as a normal Space Marine in an attempt to force you to, to replace your army. I, I really doubt that that's uh, going to happen. So um, one last point on that, because uh, those of you who have been playing the game forever like I have, if you go back in time, the original Rogue Trader Space Marines were not Space Marines the way we know them. A Space Marine was just a human that was like a fanatical warrior that wore power armor. They were basically shock troopers. And that's why, that's why the models were physically the same size as other human models, because they, they weren't spectacular superhumans. That came later in the story. Uh, and we've been kind of stuck with Space Marines the size that they are because of that original... Um, sizing back in Road Trader. They have been getting bigger over time, but it's been, you know, very small increments. And now I think Games Workshop is finally just saying, let's just bite the bullet and make them what they're supposed to be. So take that as you will. Of course, people are free to agree or disagree with me, which I'm sure you will. Uh, jump in the comment section. Let us know if you think I'm a big idiot uh, or if you agree with me, because I, for one, am very excited. I think these models are going to look super cool. And I am excited to um, put them into my own army. And if uh, people think that uh, uh, Frankie and I are sellouts because of that, well, so be it. But uh, I always tell the truth as I see it. And that is definitely the truth as I see it. Uh, interesting, another reaction that we have noted, um, Frankie and I wrote up, or Frankie wrote, and I, uh, I helped edit the recent uh, Drew Kari or Dark Eldar reveal article. We've been going through factions one at a time. And uh, Frankie and I have been lucky enough to, to be asked to write those. Uh, for the Games Workshop Warhammer community page, which has been a real treat. It's been a super fun. Um, there, I do understand like some of the frustration that the readers feel because uh, we have a word count limit that we can write and there's uh, limitations on what we can reveal. So the whole point of this, this, um, this, this release of information over the course of time that, that it has been, has been to, to kind of like ease people into like the changes and to show them little bits of what's coming to get people excited and to kind of get them uh, prepared for the big change that is uh, eighth edition or, or new hammer, however you want to call it, because it is, it's a huge change. Like I think that uh, where people are getting caught up, especially if you go to their Facebook page or on the comment section of our articles and, and people are like, Oh, this is a nerf or this is a buff or whatever. And I keep saying like, it's neither a nerf nor a buff because it's apples and oranges. This is not a change from sixth, to seventh edition where it was a fine tuning of the rule set. I think it's pretty evident at this point in time that this is a change more uh, on par with second to third edition where it's basically a different game. I think people can see now that this is not what, what you're used to playing. This is a new game and Games Workshop has been saying that on their Facebook page. Like you guys, it's neither a buff nor a nerf. It's simply a different game. Like People saying, well, I think that my Incubi are getting nerfed, which is funny because they most assuredly are not. Saying like, well, my guys can do this now 
and what you're showing me, it looks like they can do this. I think that's worse. That's the same thing as saying, well, my Incubi in third edition did this. And so I, do, I think you're nerfing them with what's coming in New Hammer. It's apples and oranges. It's almost like saying, well, uh, Haley 2 in War Machine does this. So she's better than uh, Lilith in, in uh, New Hammer. It's just, it's a, it's a comparison that just holds zero water, right? Do, do not think about what your models do now in comparison to what they're going to do because it's literally a different game. So be patient. I know it's difficult. Um, uh, it was funny to see the reaction of the Dark Eldar players to that article because it was a lot of actual negativity. But when Frankie and I were, were drafting it, we were super excited because that is an army that has gone from what I would say is objectively the worst army in 40K currently in 7th edition. And it's going, in our opinion, is has been absolutely a super fun to play. Lots of different ways to play. And they are, in my opinion, the most improved army. Uh, of course, I can't give any more specifics than we did in that article as to exactly why. But I would hope people could take our word for it that due to the changes in the core rules and uh, a lot of things that you still have yet to see. I know the vehicle article came out uh, today or yesterday and that caused quite a stir I think people are starting to get more of a feel for uh, why Dark Eldar are so dramatically improved they're just vastly better than they were really really good army and really fun to play but um, I have to say it is comedy gold when people start arguing with you about why <laughs> why you're wrong when they have not played the game yet nor have even read all the rules that's pretty fun but um, I guess it just goes to goes with the theme of Dark Eldar. They're uh, untrustworthy and they don't trust other people. So maybe it's just a little bit of LARPing for us. But uh, if you are a Dark Eldar player, take my money or take this, take your money to the bank, take my word for it. They are vastly, dramatically better than they were. And you're going to have a lot of fun playing your Drukhari or your Dark Eldar uh, army. Uh, GW also gave us a bit of a State of the Union address with the... Um, Indominus Crusade talking, talking about uh, where the Imperium is at now. And it's, uh, they've really dialed up the tension and the drama up to an 11. Uh, it was already kind of on the brink of disaster. And now it's like we've kind of plunged over the edge. And some very dramatic events are occurring in the 40K universe. Uh, Guillemin has started the Indominus Crusade. That's kind of the impetus to unleash the Primaris Marines. As a plot device goes, I think it's a pretty good one. Um, the uh, Maledictum, the Super uh, Warp Rift. I can't remember the exact name of it off the top of my head, but uh, Chaos has ba basically exploded into the galaxy. They've cut the galaxy in half. And if there was ever a reason to unleash these Primaris uh, Marines from a plot perspective, that would be it, right? Like this was the, the critical moment which Belisarius Call has been waiting for. Uh, Guillemin has returned. Uh, Call has been waiting to, to unleash these Primaris Marines. He's been working on them for all this time. And now he's like, okay, now we have to do this. Like now we have to like let these go. So it, it makes sense, right? Like if you're going to introduce such a, a fundamentally changing thing into the game, you need a good reason to do it. I think that's a pretty good reason. But that aside, what I'm really excited about for uh, the Dark Imperium and, and uh, the Indominus Crusade is we're moving the plot forward and there's so much cool stuff that you can do with this uh pete and andy in the live q a uh, that uh, the community page did uh, they talk about all of the different plot uh, plot arcs and story hooks and uh stories to be told 
that can come out of this. And I'm really, really excited because basically you've split the Imperium in half and they're already calling the other half the Dark Imperium. And they're like, yeah, on that side, they're really screwed. Like things are really bad. Like the Tyranids are coming in, orcs are wine, chaos is going crazy. They're cut off from the rest of the Imperium and it's, it's just, it's bedlam. So it's gonna be really exciting to see what, what, did, what does this mean? Are we gonna get two Imperiums? Are we gonna have totally different ideologies on the two sides? Like you've got Guillemin who's always been very progressive, uh, kind of a positive, um, uh, moving things forward. He's like, you know, we're gonna go and reconquer the galaxy. We're gonna finish our father's work. And on the dark Imperium, they might go backwards. They might go even more draconian, even more restrictive than the Imperium has been in the past. So this is all really exciting stuff. I can't wait to see where this goes because I've been waiting for the story to change in 40K forever. I mean, you can only hang on to that moment, you know, 10 minutes to midnight for so long, right? It, it just, it gets, it starts, you lose the dramatic tension if you hang on to that moment for too long. So I think it's great that we're moving forward. You know, um, Primarchs are coming back, awesome. Like this is all exciting stuff in my opinion. I've always wanted the story to, to progress. Uh, and in that live Q&A, Andy and Pete did hint that a cowled Primarch might be returning. So uh, that's exciting stuff. I'll let you draw speculation as to who you think that might be. Uh, in addition to this, uh, today they also revealed more about melee weapons and how they work. Pretty exciting stuff here as well. Uh, one of the things I liked the most in playtesting is all the different melee weapons have a very specific purpose and all very different. The examples they gave in the article were the different kinds of power weapons. Uh, you saw power sword, power axe. Uh, the power sword has better AP. And again, because everything can hurt everything and because the, uh, the wound to toughness ratios aren't so dramatic, that power sword is in fact a lot more appealing. It's a lot better than it used to be. Whereas the power axe gives you plus one strength, it's AP uh, negative two. Uh, that one, it's gonna give you more odds to wound, but it doesn't have as much penetration. So it really, it really shows that um, you can kind of go with what you think looks cool on your model and you're not gonna feel hamstrung. Like before you didn't see power swords, like at all, right? Because the all or nothing of the AP system, which I've said a million times, really limited the, the utility of it, right? But the power sword's like iconic weapon in the game. So it's cool that you can take those because you think they look cool and you're really, it's not gonna impact the math of how it works out too, too much. Um, they also showed the power fist. The power fist clearly much more powerful, but you get minus one to hit. And I've noticed in the comments of people when they're chattering around the web, uh, they're really missing out on how big of a deal that is, right? Uh, one of the other things the Dark Eldar players, um, some of them that were voicing concern, were saying that they didn't think the Dark Lance was uh, as good as the last cannon. And I can tell you from experience, not only is it is it as good, it's in my opinion, it's better. AP four, in my opinion, is much better than strength nine in the way that the game works now. Um, and also as they revealed in that article, Dark Eldar vehicles ignore the penalty for moving and shooting. And a lot of people have been kind of like brushing that off, like it's no big deal. It's a huge deal. Um, Dark Eldar vehicles, as, I, as we mentioned in the article, like the Ravager, for example, things flying around the table at a super high speed, blasting people with no minus to hit. And uh, for example, from what we know now, uh, a similar Imperial vehicle with LAS cannons, it sounds like they would be getting a minus one to hit if they're moving and shooting. That's a, that's a big reduction in damage output, right? And so I think a lot of people are missing out on some of those, those little things that maybe is, are now coming together um, 
as the puzzle kind of comes together, you're seeing these little things that add up to big things that make uh, vehicles like Dark Eldar vehicles so flipping good. <laughs> and also, as we saw in the Tau uh, faction focus, any unit that has the fly keyword can break out of combat, fly over enemy units, and still shoot, which I, as people actually get to play the game, they'll, they'll, they'll realize how incredibly good that is. Like a lot of these units almost cannot be locked in combat, uh, whereas other units can. And it's a huge deal, huge deal. And as people play the game, they'll come to see these things and realize it. Uh, it makes for a lot of fun. Um, I can't reveal yet who has the fly keyword, but I'm sure a lot of you out there can uh, kind of figure it out using your imagination. Um, but yeah, melee weapons looking very good. Like I said, the power fist minus one to hit. So what you're going to see a lot of the times is you may not take that power fist because that minus one to hit really does hurt. But when you connect with the power fist, you do a lot of damage. So it, it's, there's a real choice now. It's not, there's not certain weapons that are just clearly better, which is really fun. It creates diversity in the game. And I think that's a, a big positive. And then, of course, the other one they talked about, the chainsword giving you plus one attack. Awesome, right? So the chainsword, you go into it's just some, some uh, lowly uh, chaff units, screening units, whatever the case may be, and you're going to want to use your chainsword because that's going to give you the extra attack. So they all have their place. All these weapons can be good when used in the right scenario. Uh, back to vehicles, they did talk a lot about the way vehicles work. They showed a couple of examples that were uh, having people ask a lot of questions, like the Annihilation board uh, Barge uh, elicited a lot of questions. People saw how much faster it is now, and I think if you go back and look at some of the other vehicle profiles they've shown us, the vehicles in general are much faster than they used to be uh, by looking at what we've seen so far. And it makes a big difference. Vehicles are a lot of fun to play. Uh, so you might want to go back and do your homework. And I think you can connect more of the dots uh, by looking at some of those previous articles because a lot of the information that people are asking questions about, it's all there. You just have to look. Um, oh, also on melee weapons, they did too also talk about some of the big weapons uh, like the Reaper Chainsword, which does automatic six damage. And uh, I can tell you, when uh, an Imperial Knight hits something, it tends to die. <laughs> it is pretty, pretty savage. Uh, and on that note, um, the Imperial Knight Faction Focus article, uh, which I wrote, just came up today. And it talks a lot about the way Knights work uh, in New Hammer or 8th Edition. Uh, first of all, the Ion Shield, it's much simplified. It's so much easier to use. It's just a 5++ against shooting. There's no facing anymore. You don't worry about that. Uh, it eliminates all those arguments. You just get a 5++ versus shooting. So much faster, way easier. Uh, you also saw the basic profile of the Knight, T8 with uh, 24 wounds, if I remember correctly, and a 3-up save. They are beastly. Uh, knights are extremely good. Um, they can, uh, you can't bog them down in combat. They can walk over models. They can just break free. They can still shoot. Uh, really, really good. They're, they're an absolutely excellent uh, unit. We saw the, the profile of the thermal cannon. It's a D3 shots, strength nine, AP four, with the melter rule, which is roll 2D6, take the highest for damage at half range. And it goes up to D6 shots when you're shooting at, shooting at units of five or more models. So it's a very versatile weapon. Now, before you didn't use it as much, uh, it was kind of limited in its application, but now it's good against uh, units with uh, larger model counts. It's absolutely devastating against vehicles. Really good all-around unit. Uh, Imperial Knights going to be very prevalent, uh, as they are now, because they are so dang good. But as I mentioned in the article, they are pretty vulnerable in melee. Um, a lot of it's due to the way 
the changes in the, the core game rules work when you charge, you swing first. Um, it doesn't matter if you're going into cover or any of that stuff. So uh, units that have lots of D6 damage attacks, in the example I use the Trigon, uh, he goes in and he can kill a knight in one, uh, one round of combat. I mean, you have to roll exceptionally well. It's not likely, but you can. And in our, our games, uh, if you can get those knights in melee with some of the heavy hitting units that are often way cheaper, uh, but our their defense is uh, subsequently a lot lower. You can lay the you can take the knight out pretty uh, pretty quick, but you do have to uh, position yourself well. And a smart knight player will often have units uh, screening their knight until he's ready to go into melee. Um, or sometimes they just go all shooting, which again very powerful option. So uh, check out that article for more information. But uh, imperial knights are quite quite good. Also, the, as I mentioned, Andy and Pete did a Q&A live on uh, Warhammer TV, and they were giving out some more information about uh, what's going on. Uh, a lot of it was talking about the Primaris Marines from like a fluff perspective. I'll let you guys go over those, or go watch that video um, to kind of get more information out of it because um, uh, a lot of it's just fun, like uh, backstory stuff, kind of explaining the decisions they made, like where's Mark Nine armor because the Primaris Marines Mark Ten, and they're like, oh, it's a mystery. Um, so it sounds pretty good. And basically, they're explaining that each chapter, each chapter master was given the the, the recipe, so to speak, uh, to make the uh, Primaris weapons. But then some of the um, uh, explanations they gave on the way rules work, which is what I think a lot of people are pretty interested here, uh, they explain like power fists, weapons like power fists no longer swing last. Like when you charge everyone swings uh, first. It's a big, big change to the way the game plays. Uh, armies that have low initiative and low saves that oftentimes are supposed to be good in melee but weren't, like orcs, this is a game changer. Like, completely different dynamic, right? And this is what I was saying. Like, if you're trying to compare what you have now to what is coming, it's silly. Like, you're wasting your time. I get it. That's all you can do, really. But um, it, it doesn't make sense, right? You can't, com you can't say I'm getting buffed or nerfed based on what we're seeing because what, what you have now is, is gone. It's, it's, it's a memory at this point. It, it's not going to apply in the new, uh, in the new game in, in many ways. There are some similarities, but largely the game has just fundamentally changed. Uh, so, yeah, like when you go into combat, if you had things that used to swing last, uh, they don't anymore, right? Like if uh, Terminators charge in, they all swing first with their power fist and they punch your face off. Uh, it's one of the reasons why units like Terminators are so much better than they were in the past. Um, they also talk about perils in the warp. Uh, you suffer uh, mortal damage uh, if you fail it. Um, there's more to it, but we'll have to wait to see. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can use uh, command points before the game uh, begins to slightly alter your army composition. That's something that will unfold um, as we go. Uh, nothing overrides the reserve rules in match play. Uh, it is possible in narrative play. Uh, so what they were talking about with that is there are limitations to reserves in match play. Um, unless there's something I can't think of off the top of my head, like full reserves is not a possibility anymore. Uh, you do have the ability to put things in reserves, but it's on a unit by unit basis. And you'll see more of that as that uh, develops. One of the big reveals though uh, in their chat was that uh, transport, uh, Transports have a transport capacity, but you could put um, as many units as you want into them so long as you don't override their transport capacity. So that's a big change. Uh, and that's one of the big things about transport vehicles um, uh, that, that really changes the dynamic of the game. 
And it's something that people are going to have to get used to, right? And it, part of that was because characters are their own unit now. So how else would they ride in a transport vehicle with uh, their squad if the transport vehicle wasn't capable of holding more than one unit? So this really changes things, right? Like think about all the possibilities here with what this means. Um, you can put 10 characters in a rhino if, if you wanted to. Um, it really changes things. And this is something that people are going to, uh, one of those fundamental changes that going to take some adjustment. But once you do, it's a lot of fun because um, some of the units with large transport capacity like uh, uh, some of the astromilitarian vehicles, you can put a lot of stuff in there and it starts to get pretty fun with what you can do. But I will say when uh, the vehicles blow up, it can be pretty bad. So also want to uh, check that out. Um, one of the other things they mentioned that a lot of people have been asking about are grav weapons. Uh, everything has been rebalanced so that grav's not auto-pick. Um, they didn't want to give any more information than that, but um, I, can, I can confirm that grav is not not such a negative impact on the meta as it is now. Um, it's a positive change for the game, in my opinion. Again, we'll have to wait to see more of uh, the way that works. Um, there's a, a, quite a bit of, uh, of chatter about all the different uh, ways some of the monstrous creatures are gonna work, like Tyranid monstrous creatures. And generally they're saying that they are uh, faster, tougher, and stronger, which all the Tyranid players out there like myself, I think will agree that was necessary. Um, tons of cool stuff in there. Uh, make sure to go check out the replay and you can see more for yourself on that. But I feel like at this point in time, people are starting to get a pretty good idea of what is coming. Um, but again, one last, not to hammer that point too much, but try to let go of what you know, because things are changing fundamentally. You want to approach this uh, with an open mind and a fresh slate, because that's what it's going to require. If you keep comparing things to what you have now, it's going to feel weird because uh, things are just different. Also, a lot of you had asked and we did deliver. The Alien Hive FLG mat is now available in five colors. Uh, it originally came in purple. We now have purple, blue, green, orange, and red. They look very cool. If you go to the show notes at frontlinegaming.org, we have some close-up images of those and the detail on these is absolutely crazy. They look very, very cool. These would be great for any kind of science fiction game setting where there's like some sort of bio organic aliens, for example, Tyranids would look really cool on these. Uh, check it out. They are available in four by six, four by four, and three by three foot sizes in all five colors. Also make sure to pick up your tickets for the SoCal Open. Uh, they continue to sell at a nice steady clip and the event we do anticipate is gonna fill up long before uh, go time. So please jump in, grab your tickets. We will have 40K, 30K, Age of Sigmar, War Machine, Hordes, Infinity, and Drop Zone and Drop Fleet Commander, as well as a couple other games that we believe um, we will have there as well. We're just waiting on the TOs. So make sure to grab your tickets for the event. It will be October 21st and 22nd in San Diego, California. Uh, ITC events this weekend. Holy smokes. We have like 30 events this weekend. It is jam-packed. Uh, make sure to get out there and get your points. We do have a major event, uh, the Storm of Silence, which is up at Gamers Haven in Spokane Valley, Washington. Make sure to check this event out. It's run by a good friend of ours, Bob. He's a great dude, uh, very big uh, supporter and participant in the community. He has an awesome store. Uh, make sure to get out there and get those points. It is a major event and you do need a major to max out your score. So make sure to make the trip out there. Uh, say goodbye to 7th edition. This is probably going to be one of the 
the, the last events uh, for the current rule set, I would imagine. Um, we're still waiting on the release date. But uh, make sure to go out there and support it because uh, the people at that store actively support the community. Uh, we have another major at the uh, in, in San Antonio, Texas, the Alamo GT, and that will be May 20th and 21st this coming weekend. So also make sure to jump out there and support that event. But holy smokes, there are a lot of events going on this weekend. So I'm going to jump over and answer some questions in the chat because I'm sure you guys have a million. Once again, uh, I cannot answer very specific questions. Uh, Rules questions, guys, yet, um, but I can answer some general questions. All right. Let's see. Uh, Megas, you like how I can say uh, like myself when I'm talking about army? Yeah, I, I literally play almost every army in the game. Um, like the only armies I don't own and play actively are uh, Sisters of Battle, Tau, and uh, I don't have a demon. I'd have a demon's army, kind of KDK army, but I wouldn't really call that a demon army. Um, I have almost every other army and like big ones too. I've I like to collect armies. Like I have tons of them, and it was actually super helpful for me in playtesting because I had that frame of reference. Um, I was familiar with almost every single army, not just from playing against it, but playing with it, and it it helped me to know what the, like the pain points were. Like, as I knew what Tyranid players most of them wanted. I knew what Orc players most of them wanted. I knew what Astra Militarum players wanted. Um, uh, it helped a lot. Uh, it, it was a really good, a valuable asset for me uh, during the playtesting process. Um, GTS Smashing Gaming. Sorry, I can't read your, your names too long there. Are Orcs going to suffer from minus one to hit for heavy weapons on vehicles? Otherwise, it feels more punishing. So as we know it right now, everybody gets minus one to hit if you move and shoot heavy weapons. Um, that's, what's, that's the way it appears at this point in time. I can't answer specifically if orcs are getting anything different in that regard. But as it appears now, everybody gets minus one to hit for moving and shoot, shooting uh, heavy weapons. Which, although, I mean, if, like, assuming that that is true for things like Ludo's, it's the same thing it was before, right? Like, so it wouldn't be much of a change in your experience. But um, um, uh, at this point in time, I would just say that, yeah, it, it appears that everybody gets minus one to hit for moving and shooting. Uh, Adam, five, swim. Any plans for realm-specific mats? Uh, <laughs> such as something for, uh, that would be shy-ish, shy-ish-ish. Um, we do plan on releasing some uh, mats that could be used for uh, realms uh, for Age of Sigmar. We already have some that would work really well, like the Mars mat. Sounds a lot like the way they describe the Realm of Fire. Um, uh, a lot of them already would work pretty well. For example, the Swamp mat would be great for Nurgle. Uh, we have the, um, uh, the Grasslands would be great for Sylvaneth uh, if you wanted to use them for that purpose. But yeah, we, we do have plans to release lots and lots more cool designs. Uh, Majbajo, I don't know, no, I'm not even going to try. Do you have any info or hints for what is happening to Wraith Knights? Um, I can't answer specific questions like that, guys, but I would bet if I was you that there are still going to be kick-ass, uh, super big Eldar robots. Um, I would just also make the assumption that they're probably going to be pointed correctly as opposed to the ridiculously underpriced version that we have now. 
CW Dub, uh, I turned 30 yesterday. Can you blow me a kiss for my birthday? <sighs> there you go, buddy. You you take that one to the bank. Uh, I have not seen Alien yet, Primark Safarius, but I am dying to go see Alien Covenant. It's getting super good reviews. I can't wait. Oh, we did all see, we all went and saw Ghost in the Shell. It was good, but they deviated from the story, like, for no reason that they needed to. They Hollywoodized it when they didn't need to. Uh, but it was, it was an entertaining movie. If you... If you were seeing it fresh without having been familiar with the anime, um, you probably would have liked it. But there was there was some Hollywood parts to the plot. It kind of like... Uh, good movie, though. Uh, Adam Swim, can Skywardens hitch a ride on gun haulers? I don't know, actually. That's a really good question. I, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to pull up my uh, uh, army tom to, to check that out. Mega Zarak, uh, is there a disadvantage to taking minimum sized units? Uh, it, and I'm, talk, I'm assuming you're talking about in the new version of um, 40K. Well, uh, unfortunately, I can't answer that question yet without, if I did, to, review, to answer that question, I would be revealing too much of the rules that haven't been revealed yet. Um, I'm sorry, you're going to have to be patient with that, uh, with that one. Uh, Tampa 83. So do you think tournaments will have you play more games now that the game is supposedly faster? I, I don't know. It'll depend on each individual tournament. I can confirm that the game is like so, so much faster, so much faster. Like the guy, like they said in the reveal video, uh, games are going like 90 minutes. I can, I can, I can confirm that. Like we're playing more than 1850 points and, uh, Frankie and I finish in 60 to 90 minutes, like easy, like not even going at a super fast pace. The game is dramatically faster. I mean, there'll still be people that play slow. Some people just play slow. It's the way it is. But um, I think what you'll see is that you could you could do four rounds in a day if you really wanted to push it like we did in fifth ed. That, that honestly was a, it was a bit much. You could do it. What I think you'll see is shorter rounds, but more leisurely rounds. Like you could probably knock a half hour off of what we do now. You could probably go down to, 245, two and a half hours, and uh, have a nice leisurely game with, a, with games, like pretty much every game finishing, and then shorten the day. I think that's what we're going to plan on doing, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, did we see Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Yes, and it was so good. Absolutely loved Guardians Part 2. The whole, all of us went. It was great. Um, Sick Boy 1386, if that's a reference to... Uh, um, social distortion, I very much approve. Are there going to be fluffy themes where I can keep playing my Farsight Enclaves as suit heavy? Um, I think with what they've shown you with the way detachments work, they showed a couple detachments. I think you could probably connect the dots um, as to the amount of freedom you have in list building. So uh, I would say, yeah. Um, again, you're going to want to wait and see. Uh, and remember, too, all we're getting at first is the indexes. The, the codexes will come in time. So um, for, for the time being, I think you'll, you'll be able to build pretty much any army you want just out of the indexes. Uh, it may not be called exactly what you're used to, but uh, you, could, you could play your army as you're used to playing it. But again, you're going to have to wait to see all the details uh, on that. Uh, Mikhail uh, Lennon, uh, when you say faster, does stuff just die faster? Well... That's an interesting question. The, the, the game is, as you're seeing, right, like things are being streamlined. So the game, there's just 
everything's faster, right? Like you run in the movement phase. Like that's what a lot of tournament players did anyway. But now it's like everyone does it. And you're just, everything's going quicker. Uh, I think you can see by how lethal weapons are that um, there is definitely the potential for things to die faster. GW said point blank, there's no more Death Stars, which thank the Emperor. Um, so when you have units that you don't roll 80 million dice and nothing happens, I think that alone you could probably tell would speed the game up dramatically. Um, yeah, I think like you have to wait and see. Like you'll, I'll let people draw their own opinion on whether things die faster or not. Uh, in some cases, yeah. In some cases, no. Uh, the game is just so much, so much faster. And it's great. It's more fun to play. CW Dub, uh, could you see the ITC standard going to 2K points with faster games? Um, well, yeah, I mean, when you guys see the match play rules, you'll be able to see what, what you're getting. We're, the, the plan for the ITC, as we've said, is just to go with match play rules. Like, pretty much out of the book. We're just going to play exactly the game as it is let everybody get a feel for it. And then if down the road um, in the ITC community, people uh, want to see more changes, um, we could talk about it at that point in time. But we're just gonna let people, um, we're just gonna let people experience the game as it is. Like we feel it's, it's great out of the book. Uh, Tompa 83, the yeah, the game, it's, it's, the game is a pleasure to play. Like it's so much faster. And there's a lot less of this just randomly rolling, just junk. Like, Whoa, rolling a chart to consult a chart to consult a chart to get a thing. A lot of that stuff is gone, and it's for the better of the game. Uh, a lot of people are asking more about do things die faster. You, I'll let you guys draw that conclusion for yourself when you get a chance to play. Uh, yeah, uh, CW Dub, as you guys can see, uh, there's a lot less like random dice rolling. Like things have been streamlined. Like uh, trying to figure out how many people are under a flamer template. That that stuff's all gone. You're like, am I in range? Okay, boom, I hit that many guys. It, it just those little things really add up a lot. Um, uh, let me see, more questions. Chris Vect asks, are Frankie and I going to Warmerfest? Yes, we will indeed. We will be there. So if anybody's there, please come and say hi. It'd be great to uh, play a game. Uh, <laughs> Blue Canary, Death Star is copyrighted, so they didn't call him that. You're right, they said insert star, insert flavor of star. Uh, which was a clever way of, uh, of, of using kind of the jargon that we're used to in the community. Um, Lock Infinity, does 40K have more or less mortal wounds than Sigmar? Can't answer that question um, yet, but um, they are in the game. Um, we'll have to wait and see uh, it, how it compares to Age of Sigmar. Uh, and then everybody else is just laughing at the Death Star joke. So, hey, guys, thank you so much for joining the reshow. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, that was episode 533. Make sure to go grab your Alien Hive mat. Again, they are now available in five colors and three sizes. And all of your FLG mats are being shipped out. Thank you for your patience. Uh, we got hit with a customs issue, uh, which happens on, on occasion. But uh, going forward, won't be an issue. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you again on Friday. Friday.